Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Now it's time for our host, Kate Manson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, along with Kyle and Aaron, the original Three Stooges here this week. And I guess we'll take a moment is if we didn't acknowledge him, he would be very hurt. The reason Archie is not here is because by the time you hear this podcast, he will have celebrated his birthday. So happy birthday, Archie Mitchell, a young, trim, and slim, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Archie Mitchell. Happy birthday, Archie. 22. <laughs> yep, 22. 22. <laughs> Aaron's making a face. You don't he want to wish twenty-two. You don't want He's to wish Archie, me, but you don't want to wish Archie a happy birthday, Aaron. Well, I want to wish him a happy. Is he younger than me? He might be older. Than I me. think he's turning. I think he's turning thirty-nine. Oh, he's older than me then. <laughs> he's he's a year or two younger than I am. So, happy birthday, Arch. We miss you this week, but that's okay. You'll be back next week. This week, we are going to be reviewing the Clash of Champions nine. New York knockout. And uh, that was, you know, we, we, we usually <laughs> review shows. We have, like Aaron said, when we were talking about this, we like last time around, we reviewed that terrible thunder. We usually review shows where we're punishing ourselves this week. We're going to review a show that wasn't, wasn't, it was a pretty darn good show. There's a few things I've done to make fun of, but you're going to find that in everything in pro wrestling. And that's the fun of this show. We will make fun of some things, but Overall, a fantastic, actually, uh, edition of the uh, Clash of Champions. So we're going to get to that. Mm -hmm. Anything else we want to talk about before Aaron hits us with this uh, little segment we're going to do to start off? Uh, I just want to bring up the fact that uh, yesterday was three years since we lost the brain. Bobby Heenan. Yes. Sad, sad day that was. The world got a lot less funny when Bobby Heenan passed away um, three years, it seems like yesterday that we lost the brain. And, and, you know, the beautiful thing though, about, you know, anybody in the business, like a Piper or a Dusty or a Bobby, the brain Heenan, I guess the greatest thing about them being in the business is they never really die. No. Yeah. And, and see, people can say what they want to say about like Vince and the WWE, but at least Vince, 
and the WWE give us the network and we can go back and watch these fantastic performers in their prime and unfilter Mm -hmm. and and see how great they were. I can can, go ahead. I'm just saying like it, 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 it shouldn't be any surprise to anybody that Bobby Heenan's probably my second favorite performer of all time in professional wrestling. And and and, and I shouldn't even say second. It, it 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 flips for me. It's like Nate you might Nate'll probably know who I would say would be like my like a one and A two, or however you want to say it, the Booty Man and Brutus Beefcake. No, Nate knows who it is. Blair and Heenan. Oh, Bobby Heenan and fucking Freddie Blassie. Uh, Freddie, yeah, Freddie Blassie. Yeah, you're like my A one and A two. I want to. I, I want to tell the listeners out there, the younger listeners that listen to the show, if you have not, and I po- I think I posted in our group maybe a year ago or something, but. Watch as much Freddie Blassie as you can, but make sure you watch Freddie Blassie and Andy Kaufman on Letterman with Andy Kaufman singing Jambalaya. <laughs> if you want to see something that is just some of the most entertaining shit you've ever seen it's in great. your life, it's fantastic. Great. And you know what's you know what's weird? Uh, I, I was um, in preparation for this and everything else. Like uh, I went back and did some homework, so I've got some information here the show and stuff that we're going to review but in doing so like I found some stuff that I thought was really interesting because of course this is Ric Flair like at his heyday mm-hmm. and like the original Ric Flair was um, sorry um, was uh, God I'm blanking on his name now Buddy Rogers no the original Ric Flair? Yeah. Was Ric Flair? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Why can't I not? The original Nature Boy? No, no, he wasn't the original. He was the guy that brought, like, he's what started everything. Gorgeous George? Thank you. I don't know why I drove. <laughs> but anyways, uh, like, Gorgeous George was the... I was going to say, George Hackenschmidt? <laughs> and I didn't know where Kyle was going. Sorry. But no, he was the original Ric Flair. He Everything that we know about <clears throat> what it means to be that flamboyant heel came from Gorgeous George. As a matter of oh. fact, from what I was reading... Get your filthy hands off me. <laughs> ...about Gorgeous George, he taught and gave tips to Muhammad Ali how to be a trash talker. Oh yeah, Muhammad Ali credited Gorgeous George as his inspiration for his promo style and everything. And I mean, you think about you think about it's nineteen what fifty nine or sixty or whatever, and these blue collar guys are going to the wrestling matches with their cigars and their beer, and they're watching guys r- wrestle around in wool tights and shit like Luthez and blah blah blah. And here comes this dude. In, a, in long robes with a little manservant. He's got bobby pins he's taken out of his hair. And just, I mean, what a culture shock for those people. Well, and, and like I said... And, you know, and who who managed 
Muhammad Ali when he was going to fight Antonio Noki. Fred Blassie? Fred fucking Blassie. <laughs> That's right. It all, got, it, 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 it all, like, intersects with each other. You know what I mean? Intersecting with bringing it back to Bobby Heenan, you know, there's a lot of tendencies of Bobby Heenan that he took from George George. Because if you oh, think about the, the um the 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 turnaround, you know, like when he when he wanted the crowd to pop, yep. you know, he'd give them the what are you doing over here, you know, just to turn around. And all, all he had to do was do that. It's like Anderson says on the Bobby Heenan uh, DVD. He's like, all Bobby had to do was look over his shoulder. Atomic Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan, is the greatest. And, and if anybody wants to deny it, they can. And if anybody that, if the 12 people that listen to this show want to fucking tell me I'm wrong, that's fine. I'll tell them to fuck off. But Bobby Heenan is the greatest performer in the history of professional wrestling because Bobby Heenan was perfect at every fucking thing in wrestling. Like Bobby was a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know he wasn't known as a wrestler, but look at the guy in the fucking ring. He bumped he <coughs> he was a bumping machine. The buckles and shit. He was a bumping machine. He was a fantastic commentator. He was a fantastic manager. Like everything that you needed this guy to do, he could fucking do. Bobby Heenan was a utility player and he was better at all of it than anybody else. Well, and just as a testament to that, you guys both know, and the listeners may know from listening to the show, I'm a buff for like old newsletters. Um, you get, you know, I love old, like old wrestling magazines, even shit before I was born and stuff. And even stuff I don't own, if I can find stuff to look at digitally on the internet, just to look through old magazines and stuff, I will. And in the, in the, like the, the, the earlier wrestling magazines, especially in like, you know, the early seventies or whatever, that guy's picture is on the cover and or featured in lots and lots of magazines because Bobby was bumping, Bobby was bleeding, Bobby, you know what I mean? Like he was, he was an, the ultimate showman. Yeah. And the great thing about Bobby was what I think made it so successful for him is not only was he funny, but like here you had this, and I mean this in the, the nicest way possible, but here you had this pudgy out of shape guy who is basically telling people like Andre, people like Rick Rude, people like Mr. Perfect, all these guys, like the best of the best, like what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and not to mention, to go, I'm building on what you're saying, here's a pudgy, out of shape, older guy, and he's a better worker than a lot of the guys on the roster. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and kind of what Kyle was saying too, it's like, Bobby was better than the people that he managed. But as a manager, Bobby never overshadowed. Like, like he was smart enough to know, 
I'm not going to overshadow the people that I manage. And what's sad is Rick Rude disagreed with that. It's kind of sad. Which, which I, that's that's the one thing I'll say Rick Rude was wrong about. And it's like Bobby well, never... From everything I've heard about Rick Rude, he was a dick, so... <laughs> everything I heard about Rick Rude, he was a good dude. Yeah, I've heard he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But Bobby Heenan, he never overshadowed the guys that he worked with. Right. Like, he never... Like, Bobby was a fantastic manager. And and, and we're going to talk about another manager later on on the fucking Clash deal. But Bobby would not try to make himself the focal point of the town that he was managing, he would make himself like part of the how do I want to say it, like not the focal point of it, but the I, okay, here, I'll, let me let me put it this way, he became it, 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 it's going to sound silly, but I know what I'm trying to say he became if he was with that wrestler, he became a part of their outfit. Yeah, he became like when you he know was when with he, Andre. I'm gonna dress like Andre. But that, that and not, I'm just saying, like he became a part of the image of that wrestler. Yeah, you know, like well, you when I when I think about like, like Mr. Perfect, Mr. Perfect didn't like. Okay, let me say this, like. Perfect threw his towel to Bobby. Bobby didn't throw his towel to Perfect. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And here's the big thing. Like, I think what works so dynamically for him is the same thing that works dynamically for, like, Paul Heyman or any other great manager is if you see Bobby Heenan coming out with, like, Rick Rude, it's like, me as a fan's like, I can't beat Rick Rude. I can't fight Rick Rude. But I sure as fuck fight. I, fucking, I can beat up that weasel. <laughs> yep. I sure as fucking fight fucking Bobby Heenan. Yeah, so, but see, see, it's like you can beat up Bobby Heenan, and this guy comes out with Bobby, and you're like, oh, I can beat up Bobby Heenan. But when this guy comes out with Bobby Heenan, the minute they come out with Bobby Heenan, you know that this guy's a fucking star. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan wouldn't have worked if Andre the Giant would have had um, Captain Lou Albano with Jimmy Hart or Jimmy Hart. You know, it's like Hulk Hogan wasn't like super mad that Andre wanted a title shot. Hogan was more mad about like, why are you with him? Yeah. You know, Bobby Heenan eclipsed what it like a bunch of shit well Bobby Heenan I wasn't prepared to talk about Bobby Heenan (laughs) I could talk about Bobby Heenan for like 17 hours so Bobby the greatest greatest testament to Bobby is the fact that he took Andre in the the twilight of his career when for all all intents and purposes, the man was hurting and everything. Oh, he, was and he was done. He was done. Yeah, and he was able to 
to bring him in the spotlight one last time. Mm-hmm. And and he was, people can say what they want about Hogan and Andre being the attraction, but Bobby being a part of the lead up to that match and being part of that story was part of the reason that 93,000 people were in this, in this, in the Silverdome. Yep. Because Sky they couldn't Sky believe Dome. it. Superdome. <laughs> because up until that time, Andre was a, was a God. He was a legend. He did no wrong. Mm-hmm. And now it was, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't, I can't believe Andre the Giant turned heel is, God damn you, Bobby Heenan, for getting in his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Bobby Heenan passed away three years ago, and we all know that Bobby Heenan is dead. However, <laughs> Aaron wants to play a game in our first segment here. Let's play a game. Uh, that we've played before on the show where he is going to like roll up on a little tricycle. <laughs> he is going he has selected some some wrestlers and he is going to ask Kyle and I if said wrestlers are alive or dead. Or dead. So we're going to play we can wrestle alive or dead. And I was going to attempt to like make like a point system and all this shit but Whatever. I'm not going to do that. It's the we can't wrestle, we can't decide. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wanted a winner or a loser, and I had, like, a tiebreaker, but I don't give a fuck about that. I'm glad that you don't. It's, no. Okay. <laughs> so, the first wrestler on my list, and I don't want you guys to both answer at once, like, you guys can, whatever. The first wrestler on my list is this guy alive or dead? And I'll ask, I'll ask Nate first. Okay. Jim Powers, is he alive or dead? Jim Powers. Yeah, and neither one of you Google this shit. Nobody's googling, so I'll know. I don't Jim like. Powers. I don't like. I don't like cheating. Cheating's not fun anyway. Yeah. It's um, not. Jim, Jim Powers, Powers alive, is alive or dead? Jim Powers is alive. I'm going to say he's alive, too. He's alive. All right. <laughs> he's, he's 62 years old. Keep on right kicking now. there, young stallion. Yes. <laughs> why, is it, why is it guys like fucking Jim Powers and fucking Brutus Beefcake last the fucking longest? <laughs> but we have to fucking lose guys like fucking Boss Man and fucking yeah. Rick Rude and Jim Powers will be 97 at the Call of Alley, Alley Club. <laughs> yeah, they'll Shitting put him in the Hall of Fame because you're going to have nobody else to fucking put yeah. in. <laughs> when you think Young Pistol, you think Paul Roma, but he teamed with Jim Powers. <laughs> Who's still alive. Who's still alive. <laughs> and he's like, hey! <laughs> Jesus. So Jim Powers is still alive. Good for him. <laughs> Horrible for us. So the next person, Sal Belomo. Kyle, is Sal Belomo still alive or is he dead? Uh, I'm going to go with dead. Dead and buried. And I'm going to say, just as a cheap plug... 
If you want to hear some very entertaining discussion of Sal Balomo, you need to go listen to the 2300 pod with Aaron and myself and ECW star Chad Austin as we covered the first episode of ECW on the WWE Network. And Sal Balomo is a hot topic of conversation. But anyway, I am pretty sure that uh, Mr. Balomo is still alive. I don't I think he's alive. Well, he's not. Oh, Sal Balomo's dead? Sal Balomo died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> he, he died on February 9th, 2019. He was 67 years old and he died of cancer. Oh, I was going to say he was the first COVID death. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that his body was laid to rest in uh, Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> now, so, Kyle, did, did you say dead or alive? I said dead. Oh, okay. So, so, were... so, so Kyle won that. Yeah, uh, Sal so. didn't, though. No. <laughs> no. no. Sal Balomo is dead. Go for February, 9th, February 9th, 2019. Rest well, in peace, Sal Balomo. All joking aside. They, depends they, on what your definition is. I mean... He's not alive there in this before, bullshit. So. Before he pa- before he passed on, he actually built his own casket. It was the replica of a ship. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say they, they buried him. They buried him in a casket made of 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 WWF Victory magazines and they, popsicle, they just, sticks. popsicle sticks. And they they were actually sticks. From eating uh, WWF ice cream bars from 1982, 1987. I apologize if, any, if anybody That's from what the Sal Baloney. I apologize. Sal Baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Sal Baloney. <laughs> if there is anybody from the Sal family is listening to this, we don't mean any disrespect. Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, especially his uncle, Oscar Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sal Baloney. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, so um, the next guy on my list, is he alive or dead, is Gary Wolf. Is Gary Wolf alive or dead? Pitbull Gary Wolf. We're going to let Nate answer first. I know he Anthony like Duranti. I'm not. I know Anthony Duranti is dead. I think Gary Wolf is dead. I'm going to go alive. Well, Kyle is right again. Wow. Well, all right then. (laughs) He is. Gary Wolf is still alive. Be happy for me and be happy for Gary that he's still fucking kicking. Gary Wolf Wolf is still alive and he's 15 years old. Good job not dying, Gary. I looked up his picture, and he looked like he got stung by a lot of bees and shit. Like, he's really really puffy. Yeah. But Gary Wolf is still alive. Still alive and kicking. Um, Anybody anything to say about Gary Wolf? Um, The Pitbulls weren't a terrible tag team. They weren't. And I don't know why the Pitbulls never did anything other than ECW. I know they had a tryout with the WWF in, I think, 95, and it just didn't work out. 
um, or maybe it was 96. It was around the same time that Public Enemy tried out with both promotions. The Pitbulls got a tryout, but yeah, like you said, I mean, it just never, it never turned into anything for those guys outside of ECW. And I don't, like I said, I don't get why. Um, you said it was around the time that the Public Enemy had a tryout for WWF? Yeah, it was around the same time. Because the, 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 the reason why right there. Uh, well, no, I'm pretty sure what happened, if I remember correctly, and I'd have to go back and check, but I know Public Enemy had their tryout match before Survivor Series '95. That the they were in the in the dark match at Survivor Series '95, and I'm pretty sure it was like the next month that the Pitbulls had their tryout. And what always surprised me was if you look at if you look at the Pitbulls, they look like they would have Vince, like Vince would love that. You know what I mean? Love their look. Yeah, and everything. Especially and, Anthony Durante. Yeah. Like like not knocking the um still walking around Gary Wolf. <laughs> but like Anthony Durante was like a uh, big one. Mm-hmm. Maybe they so, had an attitude problem or something. <laughs> Probably. So we're going to the next guy? Yep. All right. Next guy. We're going to let Kyle pick first. Tiger Jeet Singh. Is he alive or dead? Tiger Jeet Singh? Tiger Jeet Singh. Not Tiger Ali Singh. I think Tiger he's dead. Singh. You think, think Tiger Jeet Singh's dead? I think he's dead. Eight. Tiger Jeet Singh is he dead? Tiger Jeet Singh is Jeet motherfucker. <laughs> you know what? I think he's dead. probably still kicking out there somewhere. Tiger Jeet Singh is still alive. Oh, all right. Still that motherfucker looked old back in '97. He's seventy. He looks shady. He looks shady back in 97. He's 76 and he's still alive. Good for him. <laughs> and he, and and you know what? Good for him, but his son, oof. He's <laughs> actually his nephew. Oh, his kayfabe son then. His nephew's career is dead, but Tiger <laughs> Jeet Singh is still alive. Jesus. <laughs> God, you know, that's what's fucking ridiculous about pro wrestling. Like we had to sit through some bullshit through the years, didn't we? Well, and they hailed that dude as this huge signing. If you remember, like they hyped oh, him I up, mean, like it was just a huge, huge deal that they were signing this fucking clown. If you want to watch, then, if you want to watch one of the funniest things ever, watch Tiger Ali Sang versus Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know what you're talking about when Gilbert sells something that doesn't happen. Yeah, like watch that fucking match from that UK based WWF pay per view. I think it's is it it's not one night only. I think it's Rebellion. No, Rebellion. It, might, it might be it's Capital Carnage. Capital Carnage '98. Yeah, Capital Carnage. Fucking, 99. I don't know. Uh, it's not uh, anyway. It's probably ninety nine. Fucking um, Gilbert is gonna fight Tiger Ali Singh, and as the match is starting, the music's playing, and Jerry Lawler goes, Goldberg's coming out, and uh, 
and and Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler says Goldberg's coming out, and Jr. goes, "No, it, it's Gilberg." And Lawler goes, "It doesn't matter. It's the same thing." <laughs> and then Gilberg comes out, and the match is going on, and Tiger Ali saying kicks Gilberg in the thigh, and then Gilberg tells his neck. neck. <laughs> it, it's just the worst fucking thing you've ever seen in your life, but it's perfect. <laughs> and I like the fact that Gilberg, like, his tattoo on his arm was just a fucking bunch of lines. Let me like, tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you, Kyle. When Aaron and I saw Gilbert live, he did one of the funniest things I've ever we've ever seen ever. <laughs> Who did he wrestle, Aaron? Some what fat guy. Okay, yeah. So he wrestled some fat guy, some indie guy, you know, and he loses. Was it that fall blah or whatever? I don't know if it was fall. Was it the was it the one that looks? Was it the dude that looks like dresses like a fireball or whatever? Maybe. It doesn't fucking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna know what the fuck we're talking about anyway. But Gilbert loses the match, and then as he sits up in the ring, go ahead, Aaron. He goes. That was a big mother, and he looks at the crowd and sees a bunch of kids. He goes, "Sorry." And it was just this organic, stupid, awkward, funny moment. And, uh, yeah, so it was fun. And, and then as everybody's like, he goes, he loses. Gilbert loses. And he goes, oh, man. That guy was a big mother. And he wanted to say fucker <laughs> to all these kids and said, sorry. <laughs> and then he looked at the crowd and went, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so who's the next next on this list? All right. Next on my list is um, Journeyman Jabber Guy between both companies. And he was from England. Mark Starr. Is Mark Starr alive or dead? Nate, you remember Mark Starr? I remember Mark Starr's mullet. Um, Mark Starr is still with us. Mark Starr nope. is alive. Nope, he died in two thousand. You didn't even you didn't even let Kyle fucking guess, asshole. <laughs> Sorry, he's dead. Sorry, Kyle. Kyle. Mark Starr is dead or alive? Spoiler alert. You were fucking quick to that one, too. You're like, like nope, dead. You were ready to fucking smash Nate's dreams that fucking Mark Starr is still alive. You're like, nope. He's dead. He's dead. Rest, he's nuts. Rest in peace, Mark Starr. Spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. You're dead. Rest in peace, Mark Starr. Aaron doesn't give a shit about you. <laughs> Nor Kyle, apparently. Apparently. Okay, I only got I only got two more. Can I actually answer? <laughs> I just told you the answer, buddy. But go ahead. Is Mark Starr alive or dead? No, <laughs> he meant, he meant can he actually answer the next one? Dude, there no. should be there should be a finish, right? 
Fuck. <laughs> See how it feels? <laughs> okay. I got two more. Okay, let's have them. All right. Baron McKill Safuna. Is he alive or dead? Nate? There's no way Baron McKill Safuna is still alive. He's dead. Kyle? Baron Tuna is dead. There's no, there's no way that fucker's still alive. He's dead. All right. <laughs> but, okay. Nate, mm-hmm. what year did he die? He is dead. I'm trying to remember now if he was posthumously inducted into the Hall of Fame. He probably died in the early 90s, like maybe 91, 92. Really? You think yeah. Baron? Yeah, because I'm almost positive when he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, he wasn't there. Maybe he was. I'm going to tell you what year this. I bet he was. Because now I kind of I remember an image of him and like being old with like the thick glasses. Maybe he was at the Hall of Fame when he got inducted. I'm going to tell you what year this guy died, and you're going to be like, "No, you're lying." But I researched it. You mean you Wikipedia it? (laughs) Yeah. Guess what year he died? What was it like this year? 2010. Yeah. All right. Sorry I took so many years off your life, Baron. It was pancreatic or pancreatic cancer, whatever the fuck that is. Pancreatic cancer? Yeah. Is that your butt? Like, your butt? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. where. Where's your pancreas? It's in your... Where, uh... <laughs> Why does he always look like an upset turtle? <laughs> People can't see this. Uh, all right. Anyway, Baron's Kahuna died in 2010. What? He watched that fucking Nexus angle and just keeled. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they shouldn't have beat him at the SummerSlam. And then he died. <laughs> you killed Barrett. You killed Barrett's heat. It was either that or the fact that Kane and the Undertaker were still fucking fighting in 2010, <laughs> and Paul Bear was fucking involved in it. He's like, I didn't need to be feud with Pedro this long. All right, Aaron, you got one more, one more guy. All right, and then we'll take our break, and then we'll talk about Clash. We're, we're gonna let Kyle pick if this guy's alive or dead. Okay. Ready? Yep. Kyle, yes. I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. Bobby Jaggers. <laughs> Nate's second favorite wrestler of all time. <laughs> Bobby Jaggers. Is he alive or is he dead? Bobby Jaggers. First off, it sounds like something that you catch... From a nasty prostitute. He is part of a shitty tag team called the Kansas City Jayhawks. I got the Jaggers from that fucking hooker. <laughs> but Mantel uh, was talented, buddy. 
He's yeah, but they were a shitty tag team. But anyway, go well, ahead. They were. But Bobby Jaggers, is he alive or dead? He's dead. Nate? Uh, I, am almost, I am almost positive that Sloppy Jaggers is probably still alive out there somewhere. Bobby Jaggers is dead. Oh, my God. <clears throat> How did I not hear about this? He died in, in 2012. It was September 30th. He died of renal failure. Whatever that is. Kidney failure. Is that kidneys? Yeah. And it now, was I feel, now, now I feel bad because I shit all over the guy and he's dead. <laughs> and it was due to the fact like his renal failure came from the fact that he had like hepatitis C. Now is that a fact or are you just trolling? Well, I read it on his Wikipedia. No. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Don't feel bad that we're shitting on him because chances are that people are going to shit on us when we're dead and gone. So. True, true, true. So Bobby <laughs> Jaggers is dead. Jim Powers ain't. He didn't Gary have Wolf ain't dead. Jagger, so. Sal Balone was dead. Tiger Jeet saying he's Sal still Baloney. around. <laughs> Sal Baloney's dead. <laughs> Fucking Tiger Jeet, he's still like riding around in his carpet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still looking at everybody like, can you feel the love tonight? Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Another edition of the 400th ranked game show in the world. <laughs> Aaron alive Mack, or dead. Pro wrestlers, alive or dead. <laughs> it would have been fun to have Archie on that one, but we'll we'll hit him with another one another time. I honestly when I when I decided this, I thought Jim Powers was dead. Like really? I was like, oh man, I want to watch this because I watched Jim Powers wrestle Shane Douglas. I was like, I, I don't know if Jim Powers is dead or not. <laughs> and then I, I just got like, like lost in this wormhole. I feel like he had enough prominence that like if he died that we like they're not gonna fucking play a tribute video for him on Raw, but Jim Powers had no prominence. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna. He once, he once, he once worked in Providence. <laughs> had any prominence? <laughs> I'm sure they're gonna have an article on WWE.com about him. <clears throat> but he's not getting like a retrospective or uh, no. He's not even getting the. He's not even getting the cry line at the beginning of Raw. No, <laughs> Jim, Jim Powers is currently. Running, he's a trucker, isn't he? Or running a truck? No, probably that's not. Usually, that's usually what they Our wind up field. doing. They usually wind up running a trucking business. <laughs> Jim Powers is probably working in the plumbing department at a Home Depot in fucking Malipsy. Do you know I used to be a pro wrestler? Yes, Jim. <laughs> Sting says, hi, my name is Jim. That's wonderful, Jim, but those fucking toilets need stock, so I'm going <laughs> to wrestle those off the fucking pallet and get it going. Back to work, Powers. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break here in the We Can't Wrestle podcast, and when we return again, we are going to be reviewing Clash of Champions 9 
It happened in Troy, New York. The main event, Ric Flair. Days. Ric Flair and Terry Funk in an I Quit match, an epic match, one of the great matches in broadcast wrestling television history. And we will be right back with that here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Well, 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 you can't wrestle. So what did you do? You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a podcast about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it. But I, Brian Pillman Jr., I'm very good at pro wrestling, so I don't need to start a podcast called the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, but I'll gladly put my name on the brand. I'll gladly go on the line to say that the We Can't Wrestle Podcast is one of the most informative, most balanced, non-biased podcasts out there. Thank you very much, and have a good listen. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode 107 of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. And uh, at this point in the show, we are going to be reviewing Clash of the Champions 9. But I do want to get shameless plugs out of the way just really quick. Shameless plug for the new podcast in the family, the 2300 pod. Episode 2 will be out before this one because it actually launches on Saturday. This will launch on Sunday. So go listen to the 2300 pod. It is available on Spotify. It's pretty much available everywhere right now except iTunes. Apple is a pain in the ass to get approved. It takes forever. So within a couple of weeks, it'll be on Apple. But right now, it's pretty much on any app. Spotify, me, Aaron, and Chad Austin from ECW. Reviewing the history of ECW from the beginning to the end of Extreme. And it's been fun so far. Figured out the Stevie, yeah. Wonderful, figured out the Stevie Wonderful mystery. So that was yeah. good. And it was um, my idea. So it's fantastic. <laughs> Look. I don't, I don't mean to date this episode, and I don't mean to be an asshole when I say this, <laughs> but uh, people all over Facebook are fucking sending RIPs to Ruth Ginsburg. She's she was like fucking a hundred and two. Like <laughs> you had a good long life, Ruth. Yeah, it's like it wasn't <laughs> like it was a fucking twenty year old struck down in her fucking prime. <laughs> like fuck. I hope, I hope I don't make it that long. <laughs> I still Kyle. have some mental faculties when I fucking pass on. Kyle, Mr. In- How are you the insensitive one in this episode? Because it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, you never met this person. She didn't really do jack all for anybody. <laughs> the fucking Supreme Court Justice. Oh, uh, and did you take a shot with a steel chair? No, you didn't. <laughs> hey, were you Bobby Heenan? No, you weren't. And that I that, thought, and I honestly thought it was Gator Ruth Gator Ginsburg. Yeah, <laughs> for years. I Can, I thought she was already dead. Continuing on with the shameless plugs. If you're not a member of our Facebook group, 
What are you waiting for? Join the Facebook group. Get in there. Join the conversation. How the fuck does she still live with you lost friends? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Larry King looking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for all for all those people who don't know, hopefully Nate will post this to I'm waiting a couple of days. <laughs> oh I know the body was already cold, but that's not the point. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like fuck. Like really like really if you're gonna be offended that we're making fun of her because she passed, like, fucking grow up. Like, again, it's this isn't like an infant. This isn't a fucking, like, somebody struck down in their prime. She was a hundred and fucking two. Like, <laughs> I think she was she a good fucking long 15 line. years here or there. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Look, she was fucking, fucking, her social security number was one. <laughs> she was five years older than God. It doesn't, like, fuck. You had a good life, Gator. You had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, we're just gonna Stuck it up so roll on here and cover the uh, the pay per view that we're t- or the Clash of Champions we're talking about. Her it- last words were, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Are you from the war. <laughs> in the war, were you in the war? <laughs> We're we're talking about Clash of Champions. I don't understand why the Chinese can't just use knives and spoons like the rest of us. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) She's she's like, I knew John Kennedy, and you're no John Kennedy. (laughs) I blew John Kennedy, and you're no John (laughs) Kennedy. (laughs) But anyway, we're going back to... (laughs) I was the I was the first guy that blew his head off. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> These are the points of the story. And then he and then he came my grassy knoll. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing he went down and to the left. <laughs> These are the points of the show where I decide whether or not I'm going to edit, and I don't think I'm going to, because that's funny. <laughs> We're going to November 15th, 1989. Ruth Ginsburg was probably 72 then. But, uh, <laughs> this is We are in Troy, New York. It is WCW Clash of the Champions 9 on the Superstation, TBS. And I'd like to say, just to start off, apparently from the from the logo of the show, the subtitle of Clash of Champions 9 was New Knock York Out. <laughs> I think that was fucking Ruth's fucking name in high school. <laughs> but, like, but in all seriousness, let's not uh, forget the fact that, like, NWA showing some balls being in WWF territory. Like yes. in their backyard, and, and I'll, I'll I'll mention it a couple of times through the show. Hot crowd, like oh, this no, is this crowd, this crowd was fucking jacked, man. Yeah, were, you know what? You know what, folks? Watch wrestling from two. Th- you can't. I mean, you can't compare it now. Obviously, it's, that would be unfair. But watch wrestling. Watch a Monday Night Raw from 2017, 
and then go back and watch this Clash of the Champions, and you'll see what uh, what you can get out of a crowd when you give them a really good wrestling show. But but see the the <laughs> the first thing I got from this is they got stairs on the stage with a ramp continued with the stage and then a ramp like <laughs> this is an entrance that's well, way too much like okay. there's too much entrance on this show but let me tell you this was when i was watching this what i thought about was okay so aaron and i and kyle i'm, I'm sure same with you um we were all of us the first the first wrestling organization we were fans of was the wwf and you know, I remember watching WWF as a little dude when I was like five and, and Hogan and, and, you know, WrestleMania and all, all that getting started and getting, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, the, and, and not that I, obviously I've gone back years at, at, over and over again and watched things from the seventies to the eighties to the nineties or the seventies to the early eighties in the NWA now. But this year, I think 89, and this the stair this staircase entrance is what made me think of it and doom these those two things are what made me think of it this is the first year little me took notice of this organization well yeah think, you know this is I, these I, are my these are my first my first memories of this organization well, well, i was going to put that in there that and it's going to be later in the notes that like 89 89, and Nate, you know, I've said this before. 89 is the greatest year, in my opinion. It's my favorite year in wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't knocking it. But I I was just saying, man, they got like, they got some stairs. Okay, okay. Like, Like, David Crockett was like, hey, man. And these I, lights. And they were like, cool. And he was like, I got these stairs. Oh, that's cool. What are you going to do with them lights and stairs? Oh, well, what, what, let, let's put them on the stage. We're like, okay. What are you going to do with all that ramp, yo? And he was like, oh, let's just put the ramp at the end of the stage. Like, we got... We, there, there's too much going on. And then he looked over at the stagehand and his girlfriend in the corner went, "Oh yeah, kiss her." But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, you're right. There's a lot going on with this entrance. Yeah, a lot. Well, it's it's and, almost... and the wrestlers have like the the problem with it is that the people coming out on it have to be like very careful. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like nobody's running out. Nobody's like mm-hmm. hitting it. They they all have to be like, oh, here I am. Hey, hey, and then they have to go. Okay. Now here's the thing. Like this ramp, it, as Aaron has so generously said, is a lot going on. Yeah. Almost, and it's even got lights flashing on it. <laughs> yeah, almost, almost overboard almost very muddled. It is pretty much like this is what WCW NWA was during this time. Mm-hmm. As proposed, like with Starcade coming up next month. Yeah. With the Iron Man, which is, 
That right. Iron Man, that Iron Man deal is my least favorite Starcade. Well, that's my least favorite Starcade before like ninety. Even worse than Battle Bowl. Yeah, Battle yeah, that, Bowl. Was shit, that, Battle Bowl was cool. That Iron Man thing is a fucking popcorn fart, man. I, oh, it's that so whole that whole uh, that whole concept to me just didn't work. Maybe like, I don't one know. These, one of these guys is gonna have to lose three times. That's stupid. But we'll talk about that later. We start out with the good promos from, uh, or cl- clips of good promos, I guess I would say, from, uh, look like they were probably from the TV the week before or something. Ric Flair and Terry Funk cutting some promos. You're not going to get much better than that, guys. Nope. I don't like subdued Ric Flair, though. Really? Or he's just like, hey, guys, I'm Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but- woo, is, woo is me. <laughs> I guess I, I I guess I see what you're saying, but like I think for this story it works. I agree, I agree, and I, I'm I'm going to bring up something that's kind of modern. I mean, for us, it's modern, but I always thought that one of my favorite. You, you guys are going to look at me like I'm weird, but then I'll I'll make my point. One of my favorite. Um, Periods, I guess maybe maybe like a, a month long period or something with Batista's career is when he's having his feud for the world championship with Booker T and he keeps getting hosed and he keeps getting screwed. And then that last month, the animal gets quiet. Like all of his interviews, he's very subdued. He's very quiet. His last interview with Michael Cole going into the match He's very like he doesn't even say anything, and and that's the, I I am making a point. I think that when you have a character that is up like a flare or with the energy of Batista, when they bring it down like that, it gives more gravitas to the consequences of the match. If that makes sense. Well, look at like look at like John Cena. Like the problem with him was is that like. He was always at 11. Even if he had the shit beat out of him, he'd come out the next week and be like, oh, hey. Right, right. Like, I want to see, like, I hate that. I hate when wrestlers are in a blood feud and they do their entrance and it's just normal. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see them coming out playing to the crowd. I want to see, you know, kind of like what a Dean Malenko did where he fucking care about the crowd and, you know, Right, like he is focused. Like I'm focused on getting this guy in this in the ring. Anything else on these promos? I know we kind of cut you off, Aaron, with the subdued flair. I just want to make my case for the fact that I think in this instance, nope, it, I'm not going to be long winded. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else is that long winded? Never mind. We're moving on. So we start off with a match here that I thought was going to be better than it was. This match well, sucked ass. Yeah, I thought well, this match was going to be better than it was. This the match Freebirds, was fucking terrible. The Freebirds and the Road Warriors, for those of you following along. Can you imagine, though? Hang on. Can you imagine if you were in the crowd for the November 1st show and you saw that, they're, that, that the Freebirds lost tag team titles? <laughs> the Steiner brothers, and then you tune in to fight class champions. And be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? 
I will say this though: the fans were into everything about the Road Warriors. Yes, as usual. And um, other than that, this fucking match was fucking garbage. Yeah, it was. I, I really expected better when I saw. I hadn't. I haven't watched this whole show in a long time. And I was expecting better when I saw these guys coming down the the uh, the steps, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. the ramp and the stage, and and <laughs> and the finish sucked. Like mm-hmm. everything about this was terrible. And when I was a kid, I thought Jimmy Jam Garvin was a free bird, but as I've gotten older and I watch, it's like that's not the free birds. It's the fake birds, man. <laughs> it's not the free birds. This fucking thing was a fucking abortion. Any thoughts, Kyle? I, I I'm trying to decide if this was just that these two guys, these two teams, had an off night, or they just don't fucking mesh well together. They sucked. And it, <laughs> it, it had to, it had to be a chemistry thing because both teams on their own. Are good, and I, I know Aaron just kind of shit on the fake like, birds there, but I always thought Hayes and Garvey were a good team, you know. See, okay, I, I would say this, like, and I'll say this about a team later on Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin would be a good team as something other than the free birds. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if you would try to pro- project them as something other than that, they'd probably be okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, but the fucking, glam rock freebirds sucked. <laughs> but Michael Hayes, like he's not giving up that freebird name. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, they want <laughs> that money. I made that music, baby. And I, and I, I got an idea. And I don't want this to turn into like a big conversation because we're going to move on. But Animal, I don't think Animal gets talked about enough in when people talk about like big man workers. I don't think Animal gets talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Like he was in the three hundred and three hundred fifteen pound mark, and he he was Animal is fucking good, man. With 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 very 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 limited exceptions, and by I say limited exceptions, I'm gonna say <clears throat> with very limited exceptions, meaning. The British Bulldogs in their prime, or Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. And company. Very few teams. Okay. Very few teams. Okay. With exception, like I said, the British Bulldogs in their prime, Tanaka and, and Diamond. And I can probably think of maybe two or three others. And this is not hating on anybody, but every team has a Bret Hart and a Jim Neidhart. Yep. And in the Legion of Doom, Animal was the Bret Hart and Hawk was the Jim Neidhart. Not saying either part was bad, but does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. Yes. The animal was the animal was the worker, you know, and and Hawk was the attraction, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So now we move on. We have Jim Ross interviewing Terry Funk and an underappreciated guy, I think, Gary. <laughs> I like Gary Hart. I'm a Gary Hart fan. See, I put this in my notes, and I put, um, 
the next segment is in quotation marks one of the most useless managers ever, Gary Hart. With Terry Funk, Gary Hart had a great mind. Gary Hart was a great booker. Like everything that I see where he's like the the guy that was like creating what you're seeing was good. But as a on screen manager, that guy was shitty, man. No, I like Gary Hart. Shitty manager. I absolutely positively disagree. I like Gary Hart. You Gary should. Hart. That's Gary fine. Hart. He was Gary a shitty Hart. man. Gary shh. Let me speak. Gary Hart was he was a good promo. When he cut his promo, he was believable. Um, I mean, what I like is cadence. I, I just, I like Gary Hart. I think, it, it, and and maybe maybe Gary Hart didn't fit with Terry Funk because Terry Funk is a guy that doesn't need a manager. But you Gary, put you put, you put Gary Hart as the guy with Abdullah the Butcher, or you put Gary Hart as the guy with Kabuke. I I, I like Gary Hart, so we can have, we. We can, shitty. we can have a whole nother conversation about this on another episode. Kyle? City manager. Yes. Anything else? Nope. All right. Moving on. City manager. Incorrect. Bill Apter now, who looks like, um, looks kind of creepy in this segment. Yeah, he looks like a pedophile. <laughs> this Bill is... Apter. This is the NWA basic. I put this. This is the NWA basically jacking off PWI. Yeah. Well, because they, cause they and, want to get Ric Flair and Lex Luger on their covers. And it and, is what it is. And PWI jacking off the NWA because at this point, Vince McMahon had pretty much limited what the other wrestling magazines could do um, as far as being access to wrestlers, access to taking pictures because the WWF magazine was their focus and they didn't want. You know, they, if you look at a lot of the pictures and stuff from magazines of this era in the WWF, they're either faraway shots or like stock footage they got or something because they just they didn't give Aptors Mags the app the Aptors Mags the access that they had before, and that's why during those early '90s times, late '80s, early '90s, they latched on to WCW like they did. Yeah, this is a big circle jerk. And they bring um, fucking Sting out as the most popular wrestler. Which, why would that have been a surprise? But then they're like, oh, okay, well, Sting's the most popular wrestler. Okay, woo! And then, oh, well, here's the wrestler of the decade, Ric Flair. So, if I'm a promoter, and I'm going to look at this, and... You're going to tell me, okay, we're going to try to get Sting over as the future, okay? And we want guys, we want we want our fans thinking about this guy. Now we're going to bring, we're going to bring Ric Flair out as the wrestler of the decade. So all the fucking accolades you just put on Sting, now you're going to bring Ric Flair out. And before, and, and that's a good point. It's a great, they should have brought Flair out first. First, and said, hey, here was the best wrestler. And not of to the mention, decade, but now here is this good looking, young, more muscular guy. Who just, by the it, way, who just, by the way, cut a Brutus beefcake style promo. That promo was an unintelligible yeah, garbage. Like, like it, this <laughs> whole thing. Was just a goddamn thing. Was like, I don't know if I should accept, but maybe I will accept. And if I do accept, will everybody accept me? 
Like, what the fuck was he talking? I, that's not. Yeah, I don't know. That I'm this, this, this whole thing <laughs> was just a clusterfuck. Greatest <sighs> <sighs> thing that ever happened to Sting was when they made him shut up. Yeah, <laughs> he was a terrible promo. Yeah, that was that was rough. And now we got woman in the hotel with her cleavage. And my notes say. Woman cuts a promo from the hotel in quotation marks. God damn. <laughs> like, God damn. You like, know like, she, she, ain't, she ain't just 80s hot. She's just hot. And in so many words, Gordon Soli says, God damn, because he says, and I. Yeah, she goes, she goes, goes, she goes, she's, she's an evil person, but she, she sure is pretty. pretty. <laughs> yeah, I even wrote that down. Gordon Soli says, She's an evil person, but she sure is pretty. And Jim Ross like, yep. yep. <laughs> Nobody's just a good there. Good Lord. I'd never seen Nancy Sullivan that hot in that fucking <laughs> goddamn promo she cut. That was fucking fantastic. Kyle, any thoughts on the titty? I mean, on Nancy Sullivan? <laughs> oh, Nancy Sullivan's woman there. <laughs> And I've said before, before and I'll say it again, it is truly a shame that her contributions to the business lost the time. Yes, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully, I I just hope that maybe someday, you know, we can have her contributions more brought to light. You know, WCW, WCW got their hands on. I mean, the, the, my opinion, the greatest woman in wrestling history is Sherry. Okay. And WCW got their hands on Sherry in like eh, 93, 94, whatever. But when I think of the women, the women of WCW, pre Monday Night Wars and all that stuff, before the, the talent really started jumping back and forth and all that. Top of the, I mean, you know, people talk about Baby Doll, they talk about Missy Hyatt, they, whatever you can talk about, what you want to talk about. Top of the heap is Nancy, end of story. As far as that, as far as that company goes, and and their their female acts, she's she's number one. There's no doubt. It'd be woman, and then Medusa was really good. She was. She and she, and, 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 see, and, and see the reason Medusa was. Maybe Overwoman wasn't off of looks. It was off of the fact that Medusa's going to take a bump. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I'm not, and I wasn't just talking about about looks. I was just talking about as as an overall act. I and I, I absolutely respect Medusa and her wrestling talent, but as an act, to me, when I think about WCW and the females in WCW, Nancy's number one. Medusa's definitely number two, but. I know what you're saying. So the well, next no, thing, woman, won't you marry me now? All right. Yes. Yeah, so the next thing, <laughs> Doom, is. Doom, and they're taking on Tommy Rich and Eddie Gilbert, which sounds like a great team on the surface, <laughs> but they're here to do a job. And yes, my notes are. on this are. 
the music that WWE Network puts on this is terrible for Doom. Yeah, like like I, I was looking yet. forward to hearing my awesome Doom music. No, no, the problem is at this point they didn't have the Doom music yet. They had some kind of rock music, like a WCW music. So they hadn't got the. I know, I know, but WWF could have put whatever they fucking wanted on it. They still put this shit on it because because. Fucking skyscrapers come out later, and they put Sid's fucking two thousand WCW fucking anyway. <laughs> this match, it was it was quick, it was to the point, and it did what it needed to do. We're gonna put Doom over. Kyle, it's it's Doom. It's WCW Doom in their fucking prime. What else can you say about it? Now, one thing I do have here written down, and I've always said this, and this is not a knock on them at all because I love this tag team. Worst cover up with masks ever. Like, <laughs> you know, like that, that, that t- there's, there's, uh, there's no way that you don't know that it's Ron Simmons and Butch Reed, but maybe that's part of the fun of the act. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. It, this is my biggest problem with WCW at this time is it's like you have Doom 1 and Doom 2 and a little bit we're going to have the Super Destroyer and later you know it's like fuck which is probably Jack Victory <laughs> it wasn't Jack Victory see I thought it might have been but it wasn't the ass wasn't big enough <laughs> Jack Victory had like a gigantic ass they, they say it's it's Jack Victory that ass wasn't big enough. That ain't Jack Victory. But anyways, <laughs> but it's like, like what the fuck, guys? Like you, you have certain wrestlers that you know actually use their real names, but then you're gonna have stupid ass names like Doom One and Doom Two, and they they get over that quick if you watch. You know, as time goes on, yeah. they get over that pretty quick having them in those masks. But yeah, I just. I always thought that, you know, such a good tag team, but the mask thing was silly, you know. But, um, and and them being with women, such a good act. You know what I mean? Like, it was perfect, especially in the South. <laughs> what are you trying to fucking mask up on, on them? I think that they were trying, I, and you guys can disagree with me if you if you do, but it's funny because I almost look at, okay, everybody always said Demolition was WWF's attempt at recreating the Road Warriors. And with the masks and stuff, the silliness of that, it almost feels like Doom was WCW's way of recreating Demolition. Does that make sense? It does. Like, it's like full circle. Like, everybody's copying everybody here. <laughs> But it never works. So overall, this was a jobber match, and now we get some to some nonsensical shit. Jim Cornette interviewing the Steiner brothers was fantastic. It was it was such nonsensical shit. Like they were just. But it was see see okay. You say it's nonsensical, but see. Nate, you know I make fun of the Ultimate Warrior all the time. Yeah. But to me, Rick Steiner not having any fucking idea what's going on is perfect. 
Like, I, I just, to me, insane. What's going on, Rick Steiner? Great. And this whole fucking promo was great. And Jim Cornette, like, looking like he was just talking to, like, his little, like, I, I, I know he, at this point, he was, at this point he was fed up and didn't give a shit anyway. <laughs> I know, but but he wasn't gonna he he was fed up and he gave a shit, but he wasn't gonna like shit on the Steiner brothers, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like he worked with Rick and Scotty on this thing and I, I thought this whole thing was great and Rick Steiner did a fantastic fucking job in this thing. Like like Rick Steiner isn't stupid, but he sold his character like he was stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then at the end of it, he goes, "Woman's on the TV talking about all the guys that see her want it. And I got it, and I don't want it." And like that was <laughs> fucking fantastic. And I also put here, Scott Steiner threatened to hit a woman for the first time on TV yeah. during this promo. <laughs> He's like, my mama taught me not to hit a lady, but since you're not a lady, I'll knock you the fuck out, woman. Yeah. <laughs> what do you tell a woman with two black eyes? Okay, he didn't tell that joke. Nothing. You already told her twice. Essentially, essentially, he uh, he threatened to hit her. And then Rick goes on about, maybe we'll have our mom hit you, because back when we were kids, we were out in the yard, mom would fucking hit us, and blah, blah. It was just, they were just rambling, but it was it was nonsensical, but it was fun. It was fantastic. It was enjoyable shit. Mr. Army, any thoughts on this uh, debacle? I got very much like a heavy machinery feel out of this. <laughs> like I was definitely like, oh, I see where Otis gets it from. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have that, you know. Yeah, no, Aaron's right. Like Rick Steiner's not a dumb guy, but he was good at playing a dumb guy because that's what they wanted him to play. You know, it's kind of like Nick Dinsmore. I right. mean, let's be right. honest. Nick Dinsmore was like <laughs> probably the best worker <laughs> on the roster. Like Wait, from, a, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like from a pure wrestling standpoint, yeah, but he went wrong. into the ring and acted like an idiot and it works. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a horrible fucking comedian, but Larry the Cable <laughs> guy. Have you yeah. ever heard him actually fucking talk like normal? <laughs> mm-hmm. Very intelligent guy. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like he's all an act. That's all it is. It's- That's what we got. We got Steiner the Cable Guy here. I like it. Yeah. Um, so the, the next one match- owns a fucking Shoney's now. <laughs> the next... No, I think it closed. Oh, well. Fuck you, COVID. Oh, all right. Yeah. So the next match I on the show... I COVID to shut that down. <laughs> Speaking of Cornette, the next match on the show features Mr. Cornette. Um, yes, sir, it does. The dynamic dudes have some of the wackiest WWE Network entrance theme music. I put that down. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. But the Midnight Express comes out, and guess what they have? They have some of the pimpest robes in the world. Yes, they do. And this is the second best wrestling match on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. Like, like, say what you want to say about the gimmick of the dynamic dudes and say what you want to say about, like, John Laronitis. But John Laronitis actually 
is not a terrible wrestling. No, he's not. Any, 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 I shouldn't say was or is like he isn't a ter at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he is a good fucking wrestler. And Shane Douglas at this time, and 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 Nate's coming back now. Nate, what I was telling Kyle is, you can say what you want to say about like John Laronitis. You can say whatever you want to say, but John Laronitis in the ring wasn't bad. Mm. And Shane Douglas before he had all his injuries in up until like 99 was a good fucking wrestler. I've if never the, if the I've, dynamic dudes would have been given a different gimmick in 89 they probably would have been more successful and it wouldn't have been so much visceral hate for the team. Oh, my my anytime I've ever shit on Douglas, it's never it's never been about his work in the ring. Um especially at this time. Like at this time, um I mean I, I really enjoy his tag team with, with Ricky Steamboat later on down the line. Yeah. He he was he was always a good worker. My my biggest thing with Shane gets into and we'll get into it as we go through the twenty three hundred pod over the years was he he once he found that franchise I hate Ric Flair thing. He just, I mean, I don't know that his gimmick was annoying because he always came off to me as there's a difference between the Flair character and that later Douglas character in that the Flair character was cocky and he was good and he knew it. And the Douglas character was more of this annoying chip on the shoulder guy. But anyway, but anyway, yeah, Laurenitis, I know, I'm I'm not a fan of his in, in ring work, but it's wrestling and it's art, so art subjective. Um, oh, but whoa. he never did anything for me in the ring. But yeah, I mean they weren't a terrible tag team. They did have a stupid fucking gimmick, and now Darby Allen is. Ah. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. By the way, when when Cornette hits Shane. Get the fuck out of that guy. Yeah, he did. And the, I think this was the time where the, the I was watching this and I was like, I think this was about the time where the Midnight Express were going to leave because they kind of wrapped up this whole deal quick and moved to commercial. Like they were like, Cornette, just, he had us all fooled. Bye. And they never make another mention of it, never a promo. I don't think there was planned to be any follow up to this, really. No, hell no. And then Dr. Death beats the Super Destroyer with a power slam. Who apparently was Jack Victory. And, well, he shrunk his ass down a little bit. (laughs) Or maybe his ass hadn't expanded yet. How's that? And stupid-ass Norman was involved. Now, hang on real quick. I want to go over some of the names of fucking Jack Victory. Because these are fucking gold. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We have the Blackmailer. We have Jacko Victory. We have the Russian Assassin number two. Assassin. Assassin. Of course, Super Destroyer. And the fucking worst of all, 
the terrorist. The ter- yes, that's at that. Uh, that's at, ladies and gentlemen. That match. Ranger Ross beat him. And that match is at, and that's another clash we can cover later on down the line. But that is, is that, or is that not the hottest looking <laughs> wrestling show on it's TV terrible. ever? Like it looks like that building is just hot as fuck. Like it, it, like everybody's, yeah. But anyway, so that match happens, and now we have the Steiners and the Skyscrapers, which is pretty much an abortion of a match. It's actually how, pretty how, good, man. I didn't, I didn't care for it. I didn't think they meshed well. Fucking Scotty hits that flipping, flipping. It makes it like I'm cussing about it. It's a flipping body slam on Sid Vicious. That is like fantastic. Like if you want to see somebody do something super athletic, watch Scott Steiner grab a 320 pound Sid Udy as he's jumping at him and then grab him like that and then flip and slam him down on the ground on the fucking mat. It's fucking fantastic. Now, we're going to have Sid Vicious on the asylum for yes. a meet and greet. And by all means, someone bring up to him, ask him how in the fuck did he puncture a lung during this match? <laughs> he didn't. It was softball season. Yeah, I know. Like, that's what fuck cracks me up. It's like, it says here, Sid Vicious punches a lung. Like, <laughs> what? Now, what I will say is, I was not a fan of the match, but I love the aftermatch. And let me tell you, yeah. guys, and I, again, I haven't watched this whole show in, in a lot of years, so I didn't remember this. This is, folks, go back and watch the aftermatch of this. This is the slickest fucking I'm like Aaron right now because I am speaking fact. Every, I am right. This is the slickest fucking Frankensteiner ever. Ron yeah. Simmons slips in that ring, and Rick Steiner hits him with the slickest. Like they 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 don't set this shit up or anything. Like Scott Steiner hits him with this Frankensteiner, and then Ron just slides right back out of the ring. It is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a wrestling ring in my life. It is fantastic. Do yourself a favor and watch this five seconds because it is great. Like nobody skips a beat. I don't even. I, it's like Rick comes off of his feet with jetpacks or something. Like he doesn't. It's like effortless. It is fantastic. And I like the big brawl at the end. Um, and then we get, we get the mysterious Nitron, um, who uh, who did nothing. Like he was supposed <laughs> to be the large, large. Um. Like one woman the when she was guard. sitting in the hotel, yeah, she was like, "Oh, Rick, I got this large surprise for you." And Nitron does nothing; <laughs> he just gets in there and goes, "Hey, leave woman alone." Do you and guys listen? Do you guys listen to the John Arezzi podcast? Oh, no. The uh, the um, <clears throat> um, pro wrestling spotlight then and now podcast. They they going they're going through the the year nineteen ninety right now on his show with him and Brian Last and it's so funny because they're into um, oh god I don't even remember what month it is in ninety 
people are people at that time were still asking about what where's Nitron? Is Nitron coming back? So apparently there was interest in this Nitron dude. Well, and here here's some interesting information about Nitron. I don't Uh, care about Nitron. Hang on. Just hold on. It ain't about Uh, you. No, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it is. He is Daryl Carlat. But he goes by the name Tyler Maine now. (laughs) Oh, he's he's Sabretooth. Yep, he's Sabretooth in X-Men. I thought you said he was Dale (laughs) Carlat. And he does. He played Michael Myers in the remakes of Halloween and Halloween Two. Yeah, so fuck him. Okay. <laughs> we have the Steiners and the LOD cutting a promo. And blah blah blah. Now we get Lex Luger with his cool music. This is Lex Luger's coolest music ever. I love yes. this Lex. This is Lex it's Luger's also against Brian Pillman in a U.S. title match. It's also one of the best robes I've ever seen in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic robe. Um, Lex Luger in 89 to 91. People people knocked Luger, but Luger 89 to 91 was really good. Luger 89 to 91 had really good opponents. But that I mean that's honestly I mean and and I'm not knocking him like at this time yes when he was a heel he came off very arrogant and stuff and he carried that well but I mean bell to bell let's be honest he was blessed with really good opponents in oh, this yeah. time and, and and I'm not saying he wasn't so I'm saying like 89 to 91 we agree it was good mm-hmm. and this was a fucking this yeah, was a three star match like this was match. a really goddamn good match it was. It was a good match. Um, and he fucks Pillman up with that chair. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> that is a goddamn great chair shot. Like, I don't know if it's Luger giving a great chair shot or Pillman taking one, but either way, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> Kyle? I'm going to go with Pillman taking a good chair shot. Luger tripped into that one too, huh? Yeah. yeah what did. I will say is then Sting comes out because we have the the never-ending Sting Luger feud that lasted until like 2008 or something, but it's still going. Um, it's still going. Um but Sting Sting, oh my god, folks. You talk about an insult. Sting, like I I said earlier, we said it earlier, Sting was never a good promo. He calls Lex Luger an arrogant snothead in this in this promo. You arrogant snothead. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things in my day. <laughs> looking, looking back on Sting's career, it's amazing that he got as far as he did. He had he and he, he okay. And I'm not even comparing the two because in hey. Hey. <laughs> In the ring, there is no comparison. Sting is head and shoulders above Brutus Beefcake. Okay, okay, okay. But what I'm <laughs> what I'm saying is, it was a charisma thing, just like Beefcake. People can knock Beefcake all they want, but I want you to watch WrestleMania six in the Sky Dome with sixty seven thousand people, 
And next to Hogan, Warrior, and possibly Dusty Rhodes, Beefcake gets the biggest pop in that arena. I'm not saying he was good. I'm saying he was over. And that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what I'm saying about Sting. Like Sting had a charisma. Although he wasn't a great promo, he had a good enough charisma. Sid. Sid was a terrible promo. Sid was a train wreck promo. We we look back on his promos now and we love them now because they're funny. But he was never a great promo. But he had charisma out the ass. And and that's what Sting and again, like I said, I'm not I'm not using this as a pulpit to knock the guy because it's not that I don't like Sting. It's just Sting was a shitty promo. Let's be honest. <laughs> <clears throat> and apparently, Gordon Sully thought his name was the Sting because about seven times during this Clash of Champions, he calls him the Sting. But the difference between the Sting <laughs> and Brutus Beefcake is that. Sting could actually wrestle. So, um, the next match is the main event. Now, before the main event, Ric Flair cuts a promo in what I put was, looks like most 80s metal or 80s hair rock album covers. <laughs> the, the the backdrop behind Flair. Um, this is Flair and Funk. Now, what I have here, and this is why I want to uh, ask you guys this, Something funny. What the hell was going on with Flair's music at the end of it? Yeah, did, I put that. You notice that? There's some weird fucking thing. Kyle, did you it. notice that? Yep. For the listeners, like, can I play the audio? Yeah. Because it's like, I've never heard this before. Like, <laughs> let's see if I can get it to work here. We got Flair's entrance. He weighs 245 pounds. And for the sixth time, he is the World Heavyweight Champion, Nature Boy, Rick Flair! Hey! Let me fast forward a little bit. Okay, you gotta get the Flair behind the ring. Take a listen, folks. Yeah, Flair was, for one, that was weird that Flair was mic'd as he was walking with the guy. He's like, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. I'll shut up here because it's coming up. coming in here. And, you know, the thing about Flair and Funk, as you mentioned, it's the end of a dynasty for one of the other two, Gordon. Right. But I think also <laughs> the fact that Harry Funk would have if Rick Flair could make him say, "I," it's like this funky thing. It's like, yeah, there's, there's some porno music at the end of it. <laughs> I don't know. I just I was like, what the fuck? I never heard. And I, I don't know. I didn't, never heard that. And nobody acknowledged anything that was going on. It was stupid. <laughs> Listen, baby, we're going to have you have the funkiest and sound at the end of your. Was, was Heard in charge at this time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, so he was probably like, it's going to be the new Spartacus music. Yeah. <laughs> Spartacus. 
Well, yeah, right? because if Cornette's <laughs> getting ready to leave and he's fed up with it, yeah, because of fucking Jim Hurd. So Terry Funk. Other than, I mean, obviously, other than you know, back in the seventies or whatever. By the Terry, way, Terry Funk is, a, is an amazing fucking shape in this match. Oh, by God, the yeah. way, by the way, I'm just gonna say this. I did put on my notes that Flair's music ended and then some weird-ass porno music. <laughs> I was bad. I'm always bad when I'm not the only one that catches it, because I'm like, it's, it was fucking weird. <laughs> and, 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 see, and see, Nate, you know, you were talking about like Gary Hart being like a great manager or whatever. You gotta watch this match, and then you can realize why Gary Hart's another good manager. So, wait, one Gary Hart. Gary Hart stands out there like fucking slug, which he does in all the goddamn matches. What is what? what, And then Ric Flair hits him. The fucking champion of the company hits him, and he sells nothing. Gary Hart was fucking worthless as a manager. You're wrong. Worthless. You might be right on this fucking night, but you're wrong overall. I mean, I don't judge Dwayne Gill's career by his botched spot with Tiger Ali Singh because Dwayne Gill was a good man. I'm not going to get into a Gary Hart. We're going to have a Gary Hart fucking debate at some point because you're wrong. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't usually, I usually just, you know, pass along and say, yeah, whatever, and be passive about it. But you're wrong. But what I will say is that he shouldn't have been involved in this whole thing from the beginning because Terry Funk doesn't need a manager. And I actually wrote that down. Terry Funk doesn't need a manager. So he never should have been with Terry in the first place. However, this match is... And I know, I know Dave Meltzer at this point in his life would probably say a Young Bucks match is better because he's ranking Young Bucks TV matches the same as he's ranking this one, this is a five-star match. There is nothing bell-to-bell, bell-to-bell. There's nothing. There's there's some things wrong with the, the after match, but this match between these two professionals could not be any better. Yeah, unless Gary Hart wasn't involved. <laughs> And then uh, at the end of the match, fucking Flair goes over Funk, and Funk gives up. And it, it, it's a, I put I, I gave it four stars. Four stars. Yeah. Yeah. I, there I, was, I, I, oh, go ahead. There was just like one or two spots in the match where I was like, eh, I don't know, and that's what made me shave the star off of it. So do you know how, I'll, I'll tell you how I know for me, for me, that this is a perfect match. There are very few matches that when they're on, and I've watched them multiple times, I literally watch the match all the way through. Meaning, I don't look at my phone Nothing distracts me. I don't decide to check, look at Facebook for a second. I don't si- decide. I don't decide to go. Ah, I can skip five minutes ahead because there's a, you know there's a lull in this or something. Even though I love the match, I'm going to skip a little ahead. This is one of those matches like Michaels and Angle at WrestleMania 21, or um, 
Bretton Owen at WrestleMania 10, uh, just a few examples that I can sit there, watch the whole match, not be distracted and be thoroughly entertained all the way through. So, and I can see where you'd say four because there, there are, you know, there's, there's a couple lulls, but I just think this is a perfect match. Two pros kick killing it. Just fucking killing it. man. Kyle. Yep. And <clears throat> excuse me. Here is, again, this is, I guess, telltale signs of WCW, why they eventually went out of business, but the fuck is this not on pay-per-view? Yeah. Well, the fuck are you giving this away well, for free? And, and, and that's why I'm saying about the aftermatch. This match is fantastic, and then you have this aftermatch that is just a clusterfuck. Like, like why who, not have the fucking tournament, the Iron Man tournament for this, and then have... This be the fucking main event of Starcade. For sure. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> in the aftermath. Are we going the into after- the aftermath? Yeah, we're going to the afterbirth. <laughs> okay. In the aftermath, Jim Ross stated the Japanese have attacked Ric Flair. The Jap- yeah, the Japanese. Sting is helping Ric Flair against the Japanese. The Japanese. <laughs> Rick, Rick Flair and Sting are getting beat up, and I'm not lying. Nine times, Jim Ross goes, the Japanese <laughs> are beating up Rick Flair and Sting. The Japanese, I can't believe what the Japanese are doing. And I don't think he's trying to be racist, but the way he's saying it comes off really fucking racist. And then, can I just be, because my, when I take notes on stuff, I, I, I and the Dragon Master looks like a fucking regional manager. <laughs> just like the Dragon Master. Um, when I take uh, when I take notes on stuff. I don't necessarily write down tons of detail, but what I do is when I when there's something I want to make sure I mention and put into detail, I write it in capital letters because the way my brain works is if I see that, that'll trigger the thought I have, okay? Literally, Aaron, what I have written down here is heart turns on Terry dash... The, the Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> That's exactly what I have written down here. The Japanese. <laughs> so yes, and, I, I agree. <laughs> and see, and then Luger comes out and he knocks out Sting. And then Jim Ross again says, Lex Luger's out here. He doesn't have any association with association with the Japanese. Japanese. <laughs> And then um, Luger smashes the trophies, and I gave that five stars because I didn't want those trophies involved in my fucking show anyway. And I would say at the end of the day, this Clash 9, which was my like selection for us to view, I would give this show, if I was going to give it like a, a rating of one through five stars. This was a three-star show. It had 
had five really good matches and two that were just like eh, whatever. And I I enjoyed Clash Nine. I thought it was good. Kyle, your thoughts on the final segment and then your final rating of Clash of the Champions, New Knock York out. <laughs> it's like when Rick Grimes looks at the door and says, Yeah, no dead knock inside or whatever. Here again, you have this match, it's an I quit match between Terry Funk and Rick Flair. It's a blood feud. And yes, Ric Flair comes out at, at, the, at the top at the end and stuff, but it just like why the fuck are you bringing in the Japanese? Why are you bringing in Lex Luger? Why are you bringing in Sting? Why Japanese? And this, the is, Japanese. this is this is the build up for Starcade when mm-hmm. it's going to end up being Sting and Flair in the end main event. Yes. Okay, and then. Shortly after, Sting joins the fucking Horsemen. Yeah. Oh, God, that's a whole. Sh- that's a whole fucking. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I'm yeah. gonna ask Nate. I'm gonna ask Nate three quick in succession questions. You ready, Nate? Hold on. Hold on. Before you do that, Kyle, what what did you give this whole show as a rating? I gave it a three. And I also gave it three Jeff Farmer yeps out of five. Aaron, your questions for me? And these aren't explanation questions. It's just three succinct questions, okay, that I wrote down. Nate. Tommy Young or Earl Hebner? Earl Hebner. Gary Michael Capetta or Howard Finkel? Howard Finkel. NWA, WCW Jim Ross or WWF Jim Ross? NWA, WCW, Jim Ross. Right. I agree with two of the three. You're good. Which one, which one do you disagree with? Huh? Which one do you disagree with? I like Gary and Michael Capetta over Howard Finkel. Okay. <laughs> and I don't dislike Howard Finkel. I know. I know. <clears throat> Is that all we got? I think that's all we got. Guys. That's a wrap. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us on the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Aaron is getting rid of his notes, and we are going to sign off. And I want to again encourage each I and every to go to bed. I want to. I want to encourage each and every one of you to uh, join our Facebook group, the We Can't Wrestle Facebook group. I want you to check out the 2300 pod. That show is going to get big. I promise we've got, I mean, as time goes on, we may have guests that you don't expect. Um, things are going to go with this show. Cause I mean, Aaron at, at what, at minimum, it's going to be like seven years long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're doing week to week folks. So, uh, with our friend, Chad Austin, um, I would like to encourage you to, Join the Asylum World Championship Customs, especially if you're a collector. Um, buy my goddamn shirt. Buy the shirts, yes, the merch, and uh, we're doing oh, a little. Buy the shirt. A, buy the buy shirt. shirt. Check out Aaron's group, Trading Chops. Yeah, 
Um, everyone over there. All of us post some funny slash offensive stuff on there. I love it. Check out the Motley Soup. I'll get divorce papers if I don't plug that one. The Motley Soup podcast with me and Kindle and our page. And and I thought it was his butt for a minute. (laughs) And uh, last and certainly not least, we want to thank each and every one of you for supporting the We Can't Wrestle podcast, our entire family of podcasts. And just, you know what? Other than that, fucking be good to each other. Being assholes. And I know it's an election year. I know it's an election year, so they have to get you all frothed up like we all hate each other or some shit. Just be nice to each other. You know what? You're right. But if you're gonna be an asshole, at least be good at it. You know <laughs> you know what, Nate's Nate's right. We should be good to each other unless you're a fucking juggalo. <laughs> if you're a fucking juggalo, if you like ICP, you can go fuck yourself. I can hate your you. fucking guts if you're a goddamn ju- you fucking paint your face like a fucking idiot. Think it's all fucking cool. <laughs> Fuck you. Goddamn fucking beggar drinking motherfuckers. Say it, Aaron. Say it, Aaron. Say fago drinking motherfuckers. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> fago drinking motherfuckers. And to sign off, I want to thank everybody for joining us here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Except I like Fago's cream soda. It's delicious. 